Welcome, and thank you for listening to a great episode from the podcast series, MarketingIsGrowingConfidence.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first episode on Marketing is Growing Confidence podcast series. I'm extremely excited about this podcast series. By the way, I'm Narain. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm the founder of Equa.com, a marketing company for doctors. Uh, Doctors' Choice Awards, a platform where doctors rate each other, and Fans' Choice, where we have 15,000 businesses with fans. Uh, I'm really excited about this topic, Marketing is Growing Confidence, which is why you know we launched marketingisgrowingconfidence.com, because in one sentence, that's what great marketing is. Marketing, Great marketing is about growing confidence. Doing it not one-on-one, but rather with a lot of people in lots of different ways. Um, so today I'm really excited to have with me in this first episode, JV, JV Crum the third. JV is uh, somebody I have a lot of respect for uh, because of his own life story. Uh, JV, uh, you know, at a very young age decided to be a millionaire and he kind of, you know, figured it out and made it all happen and then, uh, you know, uh, learned along the way that that alone doesn't make you happy. So he, he started searching for what is his purpose and what's he here to do. Got a bunch of degrees, did all kinds of things, including, you know, getting a law degree. And then he dedicated his time and efforts to helping entrepreneurs, you know, grow. So I'm really excited to have JV today. JV, welcome to our first episode of hey, Marketing hey, Naren, thank you, Thank you for so much for having me here with the uh, launch episode. It's my honor to be here. Thank you, JV. Appreciate it. Yeah, so maybe what I can do is I can kind of give everybody an overview of what is this idea of marketing is growing confidence and how does it work. And then maybe we can just jump into talking about some examples of different strategies you can use to grow confidence sure. in your Absolutely. customers. Yeah, so um, so the whole idea or the inspiration came, came because, uh, you know, think about the iPhone 10 years ago when it first came out. Uh, People had never seen it. Um, They just saw a video, uh, and it was so different. And Apple had never in its history ever made any phones, so they didn't know how to manufacture phones. They didn't know how to design phones. They didn't know anything. Regardless, you know, and their phone was really expensive. So the best smartphone at the time, which was BlackBerry, I'm Canadian, by the way, so I guess uh, (laughs) I was sad to see BlackBerry die thanks to the iPhone, but... That's life, I guess. But um, in those days, they were number one. And um, Apple comes along with a phone that was more expensive than BlackBerry, and it's so different from the smartphone at the time. And uh, nobody could even see it. They just saw a video of you know Steve Jobs presenting it. And um, they lined up to buy it, You know, sometimes 24 hours ahead, not just one or two people, but hundreds of thousands of people. So the amazing question is, how did they pull it off? How did a company with no credibility, no history, build this so super expensive phone? I think there was a famous video by the CEO of Microsoft at the time. He laughed at it. He said, a $500 phone, and he said, nobody's going to buy it. And um, But today, Apple sells 200 million of those phones, and uh, they take 70, 90% of the profit in the market, right? I mean, they're so profitable. So how did Apple pull it off? How did they make people line up? Uh, so that's the, the million-dollar question, and a billion or a hundred-billion-dollar question. And, um, and if you really think about it, 
Apple was a master at making customers and prospective customers have confidence in Apple, confidence in their products. And they didn't do it just because of one technique or one strategy. They did it because they employed multiple strategies, all working together, all supporting each other. And um, and it came to a point where people would line up 24 hours ahead because they have that much confidence in the company. And now you see Tesla doing it, right? Tesla made an announcement. You know, half a million people deposited $1,000 before they have ever seen the product except a demo video. Tesla doesn't even have a factory to build the cars. And Tesla already is notorious for being late in its deliveries and already said it's going to be years before you will even get to see the car. But half a million people all around the world, you know, drop 1000 bucks each to just have the privilege to own that car. I mean, it's amazing how some companies are so good at, you know, using marketing is growing confidence to, um, you know, get people to do unbelievable things. So um, that's the idea. What do you think um, in your experience, uh, JV? Yeah, I think that you're really, um, you've got a unique angle on this, and I think the angle is accurate, is when we think if you're a doctor or you're any kind of service provider and people, you you need clients, right? Why are people going to come and utilize your services they're going to come because they have confidence in you. And, and especially in an area about working with a doctor because you're, you are not educated in all the areas that the doctor is. And you're looking to the doctor for authority. And you're not looking at them for authority uh, about something that if you say you hire somebody to help you uh, paint the right color on your wall. Now, you've still got to have confidence in that person but you have to have even more confidence in the doctor because this deals with your health. It deals with your longevity. It deals with the quality of your life. And you've got to have great confidence. And unless that's exuded in some way and, and marketed in a, in a way that someone goes, oh, say they come to your website and they look at it and there's all this credibility and they're testimonials and you're clear about what it is that you do and the kind of results you get, not just all these features, but the kind of results. And I think that's what, let's say, go back to your example with Apple, is that Apple had already built a reputation and people could be confident that liked Apple, that whatever they brought to the market, not only was it going to be innovative in a way that their particular market likes it, but it was going to work day one. And if you think about that and contrast it to, say, Microsoft, in which I think Microsoft as a company with the general public has almost no confidence. It's almost if Microsoft touches it, it's going to be broken because they write bad code and it's always got flaws in it. But Apple had already built a reputation through their computers that we're the innovators. We're the ones that are going to be doing something totally different that are going to give you a different perspective. And as I said, I think the most important part there is that it always is going to, to work, that we build innovation that works and it improves your life in some way that you didn't even expect, which is very different than, than the PC. And uh, so I think they had built that confidence. What, what do you think, Naren? 
Absolutely. I think you hit so many key points around this theme of marketing is growing confidence and, you know, being students of that concept. Uh, the first key point you hit in my mind is um, Apple didn't do 300 things. They did three things. Like you said, they always built innovative products. So if I'm looking for something different, something unique, something that blows my mind, you know, I, I won't go wrong buying an Apple. At least that was the case when Steve Jobs was alive. And it's still kind of somewhat the case, but not as much innovation as it used to when Steve Jobs was around. So innovation was a huge part of that brand, meaning it's different, it's unique. Um, and second thing you mentioned is it just works. You know, you don't need to even charge it. You get that package in the mail. And I was uh, talking to somebody at FedEx uh, the other day, and he was joking, and he said, I know when I am delivering an Apple product, people are going to literally wait at the door. And... Um, and I was thinking about it, and Apple is you know, master at this, right? So they actually text you, hey, your product best shipped. Hey, your product will be showing up today. You know, so you are anticipating it. You are excited. It's almost like you, know, you won a lottery or something, even though you paid like 2000 bucks because their products are not right, cheap. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, you're like so excited, like that kid, you know, standing at the door. And, uh, and it's not by accident. You know, they no, created No, it's not. Account. And, you know, you think about it because um, – I I have two Apple computers that I use to run my business. I have an you know an iPhone. I have an iPad. I'm about to get the new iPad that just came out. And um, what do I also have, Naren? Me and probably every Apple purchaser, I have all the original packages that it came in. I can't throw them away, right? Because they're so wonderful that they're like little pieces of art. The way they've put it together. And so everything about Apple, you know, says we're working at a different tier. And they treat you through their packaging, through the way that they put their innovation together. You, you feel special. I mean, even when you just open up something like the iPhone, you know, here it comes in this amazing box and it's all white and, you know, the little tabs are perfect and you go, wow, you know, it's like somebody sent you something from Tiffany's, but it's better than Tiffany's because you can actually communicate with the world on it, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, other than, other than beam me up, Scotty, we can do everything Star Trek could do and a whole bunch more. Right. Thanks to Apple. Exactly. And it's, and it's the simple things, right? I mean, like I remember getting phones in the old days and, you know, I need a knife to cut up the package, you know, here there is a small tab, I just, you know, peel it open, you know, like I mean, you God, said. God forbid it will be a month later and you still don't know how to use anything. Exactly. Right? And my mother who's 80, you know, can figure it out. My daughter who was two could figure it out. You know, you don't need a manual, right? So it's that's just... all about building confidence, but I think it starts with the company having a clear understanding of the expectation they want to create in the mind of their audience. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing for doctors to take is, look, anybody can do a platform of uh, a blood test or, you know, anybody can, uh, the basics, you know, uh, do a crown on a tooth, right? These are basics. But you're going there and you're going to someone because you have faith in them to do what's in your highest and best interest and that they're going to make a good judgment. And that has to be conveyed on the website. It has to be conveyed in everything that you do and the way people are treated is that this is an extra special place. It's not like all the rest. 
Absolutely. You, you hit it right on the head. The number one thing is clarity, meaning the business owner having clarity as to what kind of an experience I'm going to create, right? Using Apple example, it's, you know, it's, it just works. You know, it's beautiful, right? I mean, you want, you want the person to feel good about owning that product, right? Um, it, it, it's, um, it's innovative. It's not the same old, same old. It's something unique, something different, something so magical, right? But Apple had clarity on those three points, and then they did it day in and day out. They lived it. It's not just talk. It was living it, right? The packaging is living it. That, you know, that experience of me getting a text saying, hey, your phone is going to show up today. That's living it, right? Um, so it's once you have that clarity on what are the most important things that you want to be about living it and, and so i think you hit it right on the head you know it's that clarity you know what 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 who, you know who do you want to be a hero to and why are they going to call you a hero i mean apple wants to be a hero to people who appreciate you know innovation who appreciate simplicity who appreciate technology being a servant to them Right, as opposed to them being the servant to the technology and reading a manual and hiring a tech support person and all that stuff, right? That's all. That's it, right? It's Apple knows who they want to be a hero to, and then they just execute flawlessly on that vision of who they want to be a hero to. Now, in your business, who do you want to be a hero to? So that's one way you can grow confidence because if you don't have clarity, if you don't, if you're not clear on who do you want to be a hero to and why, how are you going to be a hero to them? How do you expect your clients to be clear on it? How do you expect your clients to know it? How do you expect your clients to love you because you are a hero to them? Right. Well, and I think I love the the the, uh, the concept of being a hero because I think it goes along with whose problems can you be so in love with that you'll be an evangelist for those problems having a solution. I think that's the other. I mean, if you look at hero as two sides of a coin, I think on one side it's who do you want to be a hero to. And then on the other side, because of your own motivation, and you think about what area do you really want to specialize? Because in today's world, it doesn't matter actually whether you're a doctor or any kind of service provider, the money flows to the deeper niched specialist. That's who makes the big money. It's not the generalist, even though they might know a lot about a lot of areas. And you might know a lot about a lot of areas, but that is no way to build your practice. It, it's not going to bring you the best clients. It's not going to bring you the best cases. It's not going to make you the best practitioner because if you've got this one area, and but you're known, you're the person for this area. Well, the, 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 the reality is there are going to be a lot of people in that area of uh of, of wanting to, say, reverse or heal or deal with a disease state. And if you're the person who just, like, you're obsessed with that because you love helping that person, I think it's got to come out of your heart as well. This isn't just a mental exercise. I don't think Steve Jobs sat down and, and mentally worked it out on a whiteboard, although I, no doubt he used a lot of whiteboards. But what I'm saying is that Ultimately, who you want to be a hero to, I think, is part of your calling. And I talk a lot about that, is that you've got inside of you something that you're on flame. You know, it just excites your soul to do this. 
And you've got to do that because that's what drives you. I think that's when you can be the true uh, hero journey person and you can really be a hero to someone. And on the flip side of that coin, you can be in love with their problems because you, they just they just spark you in a way that gets you curious to how am I going to solve this problem? And I really want to solve this problem. That's when I think you're going to be the best practitioner and you're going to have the best office and you're going to have the best patients and you're going to be, you know, frankly, the most successful uh, from that kind of career path in how you build things. I, I totally, totally agree with you. And I mean, just to kind of... Um piggyback on the comment on Steve Jobs, I, I think he wanted to be a hero to people who believe that technology should be the servant, not the other way around, right? And, and, and Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and, and I, they wanted technology to be the servant, and I think they're also, if you look at the earliest, earliest adapters, yeah. because I looked at Apple Macs for seven years before I bought. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't sold day one, but back in the earlier days, when everything wasn't cloud, that kind of changed everything for Apple. I'm a business guy myself. So all the software was made for PCs. There was nothing that I wanted to use that was made for an Apple. So the earliest adopters, which is really where the culture got started, were truly outside-the-box thinking innovators. They wanted right. something that was different. And then the rest of us actually wanted that. And once cloud came along, then the platform didn't matter because we're all interfacing right. with the Internet. Now I get to have that cool innovation that I love because it doesn't matter for me to use any of this. I don't, you know, I actually was looking at my database uh, uh, yesterday because I had, to define, I had to find a password. I have actually over 200 applications. Now, some of them we have multiple versions of that I actually have uh, uh passwords for. That's mind-boggling. But that's the world we live in today. And they're all on the internet. Not a single one's residing on my uh, my Apple. Absolutely. You know, that that's an excellent point. So, And I, I want to piggyback on your second point, right? This question of who do you want to be a hero, hero to, it's a two-way street. I mean, I'll tell you some examples of some of the doctors. You know, like I have one doctor. He works 24 hours a day. Uh, he sees one to six patients. He's a dentist. And he's exceptionally successful, and he loves his life. And he's an overnight success, you know, 20 plus years in the making. Now, he's a hero to people who appreciate their health and who care about what they put inside their mouth. So he cares a lot about the materials that he uses in dentistry, and he spends a lot of time, you know, studying it and, you know, helping other doctors get good at it. So not only is he helping his patients, but he's also helping the whole community of doctors grow, right? And he's very happy. He works 24 hours a week, has an amazing practice. He does what he loves. And he's, a, he's not a hero to everybody, but he's a hero to his clients. They love him. I mean, they don't nickel and dime him. They don't, he doesn't have to convince them. They convince him why, you know, he should take them on. You know, they they love him so much, they tell their friends about him and they do things for him, you know. When you are a hero to somebody, you know, they want you to succeed because you are a hero. I mean, who doesn't want our hero to win, you know, in that movie or in that, you know, thing, right? We all do. Uh, and and Well, I think that you think about, when you think about heroes winning, I guess for me, I always think of Rocky, right? Right, exactly. 
we and and then we ourselves want to be going up the steps to the Philadelphia Art Museum. You know, right. we we want to be standing there, you know, with our gloves on and go, yes, I, I'm the hero too. So part of who do you want to be a hero to as a doctor is is that they also want to be heroes. They want to be heroes of their own lives, and they can't be heroes of their own lives unless you show the path for them to get to the health that they want. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, another story I can share is I have this dentist. He used to be a doctor who ran a big practice and, you know, pretty much, you know, worked like crazy and all of that stuff. And uh, typically I don't take dentures because it's such a tiny niche. But he figured out a way to be a hero to somebody who really wants to change their life with this amazing set of dentures. So it's like a one day end to end. He spends the whole day with you from start to finish. And at the end, you change your life. You know, for the rest of the next 20 years, you have an amazing smile and an amazing you know, health and, you know, you can chew your food and enjoy your food and be proud of, you know, your smile, right? And, and and he didn't figure it out on day one. It took him a while to become that hero to that person, right? So I can go on and on and on and every person that I know who is happy, who is successful and growing, typically they are a hero to somebody, right? And And they get that clarity and it's, like you said, JV, it's not just, I mean, that's your story too, right? I mean, yeah, you made a ton of money early on, and it's great, and all that nice stuff. But you are not happy, you know. So yes, sometimes I think that happy comes that happiness for me and for all the clients that I've I've worked with. It's the same thing. It comes from finding, and I think this relates to the to the who do you want to be a hero to, to that inside purpose. And I think you know, let's say you're a doctor, and and that is integral to your purpose. But there's a deeper, this is what I have found about purpose, because it's one of the things I study, it's one of the things I work with, literally every client I work with, in building their business and getting it to scale, we got to find that internal purpose that's driving them so they can build around it and get their team around that and get a vision that people can buy into, you know, and that's the part of who do you want to be a hero to. But what I found is, let's say, being a doctor is that you know, bigger purpose, but then you keep digging down through the layers. And over the years, it gets more refined and more refined and more refined. And I find that the more refined we get about this, the more refined we get about who specifically we want to be a hero to and whose problems we really want to solve. Because we want to solve them for them. But, you know, there's also, and and, and I'm going to use self-interested here in a real positive way, Part of being a great doctor is that you're just passionate out of curiosity as well. Is that you are you are you're literally on as I go. You're you've got a flame inside. I want to solve this problem, and you feel called to solve that problem. You you could go if I spent the next twenty years of my life working on this and really becoming the absolute best. You know, I'm not a real strong believer in you know these. Um, you know, we've got to come up with a slogan and we're the best in the world versus everybody else. You know, everybody's on their own best journey. We're the best we can be and then we're going to attract the best clients possible. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's a journey. Like in my own life, I found that I still keep refining who do I want to be a hero to and how I'm going to be a hero to them. 
because as much as you're looking outside, you're also looking inside. And the funny thing I realized is success and all of that stuff is a byproduct of that. So you don't really work for success. Success just happens because you are a hero to that person or that group of people and and you get a better you become a better hero and a better hero and and, and they love you more and they, they want you to succeed more and you know so you know life is short so why not have it all why not enjoy yourself why not you know well, love and, what and, you and, do? and and I think as we go through our life journeys um you know in the last few months because of my own life journey I got clarity and it's changed my website. I'm doing more writing today. I've been finishing up a complete revision of my LinkedIn. And a phrase got clear to me, I want to only, only work with high achievers. And I have a way of expressing that. You can stay in the little ripple pond. That's where most people choose to live their lives. It's that safe little ripple pond, but it's, you know, you're never going to get knocked over too badly, but you're never going anywhere either. And Or you can make a big wave. Or another distinction is once you start making that big wave, now you could make a tidal wave with your life. And if you're a doctor and you're thinking, well, what is this real journey about? Ask yourself, how can I turn my practice not just into a big wave and define what that means for you, but how could I be a tidal wave? that really sweeps out there in a positive way and brings this great message and impacts more lives. And maybe that's having a clinic with other practitioners, you know, and you own the clinic. Or maybe it's having multiple clinics. Uh, Maybe it's doing something like Deepak Chopra, where you're going to write books, you're going to have workshops, and, and you're also going to have this clinic and this practice. I really love people to think bigger because I think all of us, no matter how big we're thinking, there's a bigger place we could be thinking. There's a bigger wave. There's a bigger tidal wave we could be making with our lives. And that's where the optimal success comes from, where you're going to be you know, mega fulfilled and you're making such a positive impact in other people's lives. And from that, because money follows value, you're creating the highest levels of wealth you can in you know, my brand's Conscious Millionaire. I believe that by making a bigger impact, we receive bigger uh, bigger payments and we make more money. And that's a good thing because we've made the money by really helping people. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of interesting. One of the quotes I remember is, um, you know, sometimes you have to simplify or shrink to grow, right? So in some sense, you're really going deep and deep within yourself as to who do you want to be a hero to and getting better and better at it and more refined at it. On the other hand, it creates massive growth because the the deeper you go, the more you more impact you ha- you can have because you're so refined and so focused, right? So instead of spending all your time doing the ninety percent of stuff that doesn't matter, you are starting to do the you know the twenty percent that does matter, and then ten percent that does matter the most, and then five percent, and then you get so refined. So all your time is like high impact, and exactly. it's not just high impact, but it's the best time you can spend because you are loving every minute of it. You're enjoying it. You're you're being in that moment. You're really, you know, and then some of the things I've seen is these doctors who are so amazingly successful, um, they also create a team around them who are also growing like that. You know, they're also evolving. So, you know, they have the best office manager, the best, you know, because they are helping these people 
grow and grow and grow and, and really find their calling and their purpose and you know, be part of that team. So everybody does their piece, you know, uh, do what they love. But then together they, they, they do this amazing thing and, and it changes people's lives. And, and the customers or the patients appreciate them for it. So, well, you know, they, I uh, actually was, I, I'm going to finish it this afternoon. I actually was watching Fences last night, the new movie Fences. And uh, what's interesting is in the 1980s, I actually saw the original play on Broadway. So I was very interested to see it. But I also wanted, I watched all the extras. That's what I spent last night doing, watching all the little docu pieces. And Denzel Washington is talking about, you know, August Williams' incredible masterpiece of a play that they're now turned into a movie as well. And he his comment was exactly that. He brought together the best cast possible. And even though he was the male lead in the cast as the director, his goal was to get the best out of everybody and let everybody shine in their own way. And that's the kind of team we're talking about is everybody on the team playing their particular roles in that movie were the best possible, and then then everybody can shine, and that's when you're going to get an experience for your clients that's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the other thing I'm also realizing is the word competition becomes meaningful. You're not, you're not competing with others. You are trying to be better than your yesterday's self, you know, there's nobody else you need to beat. You're just trying to grow and and be better than who you were. That's it. Yeah, and, you're not uh, trying to you're not trying to dominate other people. I mean, if you look at Apple, there's they're not trying to dominate the market. They're always focused on bringing out the best product, the best service, um, in the best packaging. You know, and, and I'm talking the packaging both of the product because that's part of it. That's our we get pieces of art when you buy something from Apple, whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, or, you know, a laptop, um, a screen, they're all pieces of art. You know, you could actually take these and, and put them in the MoMA in New York because they're pieces of art. I'm glad. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that. I mean, I have listened to every word out of Steve Jobs and every video that you can find. I've spent some of them, I've watched it like 10 times. And uh, one of the first things he said when he came back is, a lot of people at Apple believe that for Apple to win, Microsoft has to lose, right? And he said, that's one of the mindsets we need to change. This, Apple doesn't have to, you know, Microsoft doesn't have to lose for Apple to win. And I think, I think that's sometimes, you know, life, right? A lot of times with pain comes growth. I mean, he had to be fired. He had to be kicked out. And later on, he reminisces and he talks about how that might have been the best thing that ever happened to him. But over the next 10 years, he grew up. He he changed the way he was thinking, changed the way he was looking at the world. And, I mean, that's a profound statement to make because, I mean, if you read his history and his books, I've read like seven of his books or, you know, books about him and stuff. And uh, it's very interesting. I mean, he was this, you know, kid who, who I mean, who didn't even you know, own up to his own daughter. I mean, he's a person who hated Bill Gates. Right. And then they became best of friends, you know, before he passes away. I mean, he he, he grew up, and I don't know if they were best of friends, but they were like amazingly, you know, like comfortable with each other. And they, they, they used to talk about, you know, their journey together and stuff. But Well, you know, I want to I wanna go back and, and just look at this relationship of for Apple to win, um, 
you know, Microsoft has to lose. And first of all, I look at life as a triple win, that it's you others and society winning together, and it has, and it's not about competition, it's about collaboration. Now, I want to switch frames slightly, is for the people with whom we want to be a hero, right? If we are the winner in their hearts because we really provide them what they want, then in their minds, all other options have lost. Not that the company itself, the the other companies have to lose. I'm saying in the mind of the client, everyone else has lost because they only want what you have. And I think that's what great doctors need to you know, recognize. If you are fabulous at working on hearts, it doesn't mean other people can't be fabulous at working on hearts. It's not that it's that what you provide and part of this, you know, let's go back to what we started with marketing, uh, you know, to gain confidence is marketing. Part of this is literally how you've positioned yourself in the minds and hearts of people. That's what will bring them to you. Not just that you are this great heart specialist, but it's how you've positioned yourself. And I think the for me, the most important part of that is how well have you connected yourself to their heart and mind? How are you connected to them? And I think the best way to be connected is to be a human being who cares. And that that's not just who you are, but that you're able to communicate that well in your marketing. That, for me, as a consumer of anything, is going to get my attention. Absolutely. You hit up on an amazingly interesting point, and maybe this could be its own podcast one day, but, um, you know, the world is a big place. You don't need every customer. You just need people who love you. Let's call them fans, because you have fun serving them, because, of course, they appreciate you so much. That's why they are your fans. They are not your customers, right? And when you enjoy serving them, you're going to go all the way. You're not going to stop at 70% or 80%. You're just going to give you 100%. You're going to give it your all, and, and they appreciate it. And like you said, when somebody goes from be- being a customer and becomes a fan, meaning you are a hero to them and they love you for it, the relationship changes. It's a f- amazingly fulfilling relationships for both parties. It's beyond money, Right. And these people who are your fans, they want to see you succeed. I mean, you and I are sitting here and talking about Apple. Did we get a check from Apple? Did they, you know, send us free products? Nothing. Their products are very expensive. Why are we doing it, right? Because we love what they stood for and we love, you know, what they have done. And and, and nothing can buy this kind of loyalty, right? We are, but, and, you know, you know it's interesting because on, on my podcast, I – I change questions over time because I've done 900 episodes. But for, gosh, I think about a year, uh, one of my questions was, what is a brand that you love and why? And there were two brands that stood out as having by far the most mentions. And Apple was number one. And it's not like anybody was prompted. You know, I would just ask the question. and, And these are a wide variety of guests you know, who are entrepreneurs, coaches, leaders, but across the spectrum of people living in the United States and other countries, 
Apple was the most mentioned brand that people loved and admired. Right. You know, and so there's, I think the reason, and, and I think all the lessons that we've been discussing, Naren, for any doctor need to be taken to heart because when you put together your marketing to reflect all of this, and it it's genuine, it's authentic, you can't manufacture this stuff. Because if you go out and you kind of manufacture a marketing campaign um, like like politicians do, you're going to go do the uh, surveys and then you're going to tell people what they want. The problem is um, with with politicians, then they get elected and we find out that wasn't true. It, it just seems to be the way that one works. But as a doctor, that's not going to work too well. Because when they come to you and they come to your office, they need to experience what you've now created as an expectation in their mind. And when right. they do, they're going to come back. They aren't going to go to anyone else. Absolutely. And um, something I just I just noticed in in listening to you speak is, um, you know, mindsets, right? I, I was at a, uh, you know, I'm always looking at growing, and I was at my coaching, um, like a group thing with a strategic coach. I'm a part of that group, and uh, and um, so we had a whole day session, and you know, they have these charges where you can charge phones, and I was noticing, you know, they had two iPhone charges, and they have eight other kinds of charges. iPhone charges always. You know, there's enough. You know, like people waiting to use those two chargers, and then other ones, not a single person. It's kind of funny. I think even as a doctor, I mean, again, this could be a totally separate episode. You may want to think about the mindsets of the people who you, are, you, you who you are a hero to. And I think uh, when you're talking, I was just thinking about that. I think you know, I think people who have that growth mindset, meaning they look at the world as hey, my glass is half full, how do I make it more full, as opposed to the people who have the mindset of scarcity. It's half empty, and who do I blame for this half empty, and, you know, and then, you know, let me blame somebody, and then, okay, fine, let me find a new person, and now try it, and doesn't work. And so I think there is something to be said about marketing and mindsets, I think. You know, um, once you start going deep and deep and deep about who do you want to be a hero to, this becomes more than just, you know, the mechanics of medicine, the mechanics of taking care of somebody, it's really become something much more personal and much more interesting and much more, um, you know, deep. Well, yeah, I, I agree. And and I think that's where it goes back to what we talk about at Conscious Millionaire all the time. It's about being authentic. It's about being real. It's about taking the journey that you're here to take because that's the only way you can build your practice the way that you want to build it. If you're going to your own practice with your name on it or a name that you created and you feel that knots in your stomach, something needs to shift. And I can guarantee you what needs to shift is in whatever direction will get you to feeling real and vibrant and joyful and excited inside because those are the emotions of authenticity. And that's the only path that will work on a sustainable level. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we can go on and on. So let me give you a couple of more examples of, uh, you know, future episodes that we could talk about. You know, scarcity grows confidence, right? We all want what we cannot have. I mean, uh, Nike built this business uh, called Sneakerheads, and every week or two, they release a limited edition product, and they have so many stores that carry Nike. So every store gets 20 of those shoes, and people line up. And then they go and you know, collect them and they resell them and some of these shoes that 
you know, may have cost originally 200 bucks, you know, five years later is selling for 2000 or, you know, even $20,000. Um, now, that's scarcity grows confidence. So there are all kinds of things you can do to grow confidence in your in your in your in your in your customers, your current customers, your future customers. Uh, and and like like you talked about JV at the beginning, you know, when somebody has more confidence in you, they say yes more often. They listen to you more often. They refer their friends more often. They do favors for you more often, right? Absolutely. When they have less confidence in you, you know, they're going to second guess you. They're going to argue with you. They're not going to, uh, you know, they're going to undermine, you know, even even your best intentions because they don't really believe in you. So, well, and, and I think that's when we come back to what we've been discussing, that you've got to be very specific about who you want to be a hero to and then understand and study so that you know their problems better than they do, that you can articulate them with more precision so that when you sit there and you're having a consultation and you talk to your client and you start describing what their life is like from the point of pain and frustration and overwhelm and all the things that are going on with them, and the and it's not just a laundry list of symptoms. Those are just features. But it's it's about quality of life. And you understand that at such a strong empathetic level and you express that empathetically so that they know you care about them. They're not a statistic. They're not a chart. They're not features that you're going to rattle off. They're human beings and they feel touched inside. Not just touched, but when they hear your words, your emotions they know that you truly get what their life is like and why they've come to you for a solution because that will convey confidence. Absolutely. You know, like I know sometimes, uh, you know, patients hug their doctors. You know, it's not just a transaction anymore. It's it's a relationship. It's, right. it's, 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 it's something much more deeper than, you know, well, you are a number to me, right? Both sides, right? And 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 it's it's transformative. It's not, you know, transactional. It's it's amazing. Well, and I think that's when we come to being human beings with one another. Right. I think that's where we are in terms of business. I think that most of us uh, who are talking together, and and even though you're not in the dialogue, I know you're in the dialogue if you're listening, because this is going on in your head. And we all, uh, at one way or another, business has changed so rapidly that business was just about profit centers. And now business is about meaning centers. It's about making a difference. It's about touching people in ways that matter. It's about creating sustainable businesses. It's about solving problems that people care about, not because that will get them to buy, but because that's the core of what you're doing in your business as a doctor, in your practice. It's not just the you know it it's the insurance game may have people running through your office but if while they're there you touch them in a way that communicates that you understand their problem you want to be their hero and you're going to provide them with real solutions they're going to keep coming back to you and they're going to refer your friends and you will need to add more practitioners just to be able to serve all the people who want to be served by your name, your brand, who you are. Yeah, uh, this, this brings up another point. Um, 
if you look at human history, right? I mean, up until maybe a hundred years ago, most humans spend most of their time putting food on the table, meaning they work from dawn to dusk, you know, in a farm or you know, or doing some kind of a skilled work, right? And by the same time they came home, they were tired, they ate, they slept, they got up in the morning and did the same thing. I mean, even the concept of weekends was, you know, kind of a new concept, right? Now, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, uh, those basic needs we take for granted. Now, we don't even spend 10% of our time making money to put food on our table, right? Now, we spend a lot of our time on other things. So, going back to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The, the physiological needs, right. the safety needs, then the ego needs, then comes belonging, being part of a community, and then comes purpose or meaning, right? And as society, as a human race, I mean, um, if you look at 400 years ago, that would be a disease and it would wipe out, you know, one third of a country, you know, literally. I mean, now you never hear those things happening. Now we have kind of conquered, uh, you know, like one of the books I was reading is Sapiens, uh, which is the brief history of mankind in 350 pages. And then the next one by the same author is Homo Deus, which is the history of the next 100 years. And he, he talks about you know, how we have evolved. And, and, and of course, uh, as a historian, he, he also paints a dire picture. I'm not into the dire stuff, but what I got out of it is that, you know, as a society, as a race, as a human race, we are thinking more and more about the things that are higher in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So people are much more happier when they are being a hero to somebody, right? Because that's meaning, that's purpose. Right. That's the highest level. I think that's the biggest shift in business and professions that's occurred. And I think when I think of my own brand, why is it thriving, Conscious Millionaire? Because people want to build businesses that have meaning. And why right. do they want to build businesses that have meaning? Well, it starts with you. You want to live a life that has meaning. And that's true for you as a doctor. And it's true for every patient that you have. Right. Every patient wants to have meaning when everything's you know, said and done, that's really what we're in this journey for at this point. It's not right. that we have to go out and hoe some potatoes that we'll have something to eat tonight. Right. It's so the so how how do we get how do we get to meaning? And exactly. health has a lot to do with meaning because it has to do with quality and it's integral to the journey that we take as human beings because um I'm dealing with uh, the fact I have an, an aunt who is 92, and um, you know she just had um, uh, an MRI. She's in the hospital right now. She'll be coming home, and she has two uh, blood clots on the brain, right? So the doctor has told her to wear a helmet for the rest of her life. Now, I'm here to tell you she's not going to do that. And right. and I've thought through it, and she's you know one of the closest people in my entire life, and has been. So we have a great relationship. And I said to myself, she has a right to also choose what is quality of life for her. And if going out to the grocery store and church and everything in a helmet is not quality of life, then that's part of the meaning tra transaction. And the doctor for her can will become a hero when he champions her life the way that she wants it. And I think that's also part of the doctor's role today is to champion people's lives the way they want. And maybe that leads to longevity. Maybe it doesn't. But if it leads to quality, isn't that really what we're about? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I'm really, really, really looking forward to our next episode. And 
we'll pick a topic that really will help people grow confidence uh, in the practice, in, 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 the, in the present, in the future. And uh, I think this is one of the best you know, episodes I've ever done because you know, I think this is a wonderful conversation, JB. Oh, well, thank you so much. And and again, you know, it's just great to have you all listening. I mean, that's the reason Naren and I are having this conversation. And and I um, I hope that this is bringing you meaning uh, because that's really what this is about. Absolutely, absolutely. I really hope all of you are enjoying it. Uh, we will be you know sharing it on marketingisgrowingconfidence.com. We'll be sharing it on growingdentist.com as well as growingmd.com. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it out there as in many ways we can. Um, so we'll be literally reposting the same episode on multiple podcasts. So, you know, people can listen to it in all kinds of places. Well, you know, uh, would it be okay if I give everyone a copy of my book? Absolutely, JV. Go for it. So um, my book, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have things that happen that are milestones. And I worked on my book for seven years and I actually rewrote it seven times. But, you know, sometimes things uh, pay off because we became number one in 34 categories at the same time on Amazon and literally became the number one book on Amazon. And folks, for all that work, I can tell you it, it lasts six hours. <laughs> but six hours on Amazon is number one is actually kind of a big deal. But that's the world we're living in. And we had 50,000 downloads. So I want to give you the book for free. It's Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference because there's so many things in this book that will help you as a doctor build your practice in a way that's going to make it thrive and is going to connect you to those right clients and help you build the business that's going to make a difference and make you the hero out there. So people are going to want to do business with you. So you can get a free copy of that at ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash free book. So that's ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash free book. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, for J- thank you, JV, for joining me in this first episode of Marketing is Growing Confidence. Once again, till we meet you again with another episode of Marketing is Growing Confidence, have a wonderful day.